0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Dalglish says Rangers need to sign more Scottish players. The national team jet off to Spain as they kick off their Euro 2020 preparations and St Johnson say it will take a record fee to prize Ali McCann away from the club. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Well, a lot has happened, Andrew, in a week since I last stood here with Gordon and Daz. Um, St Johnson have won the cup. Kelly have been relegated. Brecon have been relegated. Managers have... Went New managers have been appointed It has been some seven days in Scottish football And you know Plenty of talking points tonight One thing that hasn't uh, moved on Is the Celtic situation with their manager Which I'm sure we will get into later And exciting stuff with the Scotland team Jetting out to prepare for their two upcoming friendlies And the Euros Yeah well there's been signings There's been managerial updates There's been no managerial updates from elsewhere Plenty to talk about So make sure to get involved 0141 951 1025 And I'm just looking across the desk here And I can tell you've been golfing today Because your arms look <laughs> like you know drumsticks Ah, the colour's coming out in them now Yeah, well, I, I stood in the first tee, Andrew, with a, a jumper on And I thought, it's a wee bit warm, so I'll take this off I didn't realise <laughs> that my arms would go that red So, a wee lesson for next time I don't know when I'm going to learn my lesson Because it's the same every time You just need an emergency factor 50 in your bag at all times I do. Even in December, I've seen the colour of you when you come on Even when the sun's shining through clouds, you are in real danger I know, I'm going to suffer and I, I mean, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a polo shirt here, and there's quite a significant line there between white and beetroot in yeah, my arms. It's so. not a great look, but no. let's get on to the football. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number you need, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Where should we start tonight? Let's take a look at uh, some quotes from Kenny Dalglish. Some interesting quotes. He was asked about Scotland. Um, and he sort of went on to Rangers He thinks Rangers should sign more Scottish players He thinks it would be more beneficial for them And the national team I'll sort of read out a couple of those quotes He said Stephen Gerrard could do with signing Another couple of Scottish players To get into the Rangers team That might improve their performances as well Stephen's got a few English and foreign players in there Which doesn't help us And they're the best team in Scotland by far at the moment But in saying that Celtic still have a couple of boys playing for Scotland So it's interesting Because obviously it's a uh, it's someone that, that doesn't really have a vested interest in, in Rangers, Kenny Dalglish, talking about this. But um, do, do you agree with them? Do you think Rangers should be signing more Scottish players? Do you think because they've had the success they've had last season that it doesn't really matter who who <laughs> plays for them just as long as they are winning trophies? That's all that matters to Stephen Gerrard and the fans. Yeah, I don't think uh, Stephen Gerrard will be particularly paying much attention to the quotes Listen, I get Kenny Deglish wants Scotland to do the best. He wants the best players playing for Scotland and getting game time at the highest level. However, if you're Rangers it's, and Stephen Gerrard, it's, it's not his job to strengthen our national team. His job is what he's done this year, to win trophies, um, to progress in Europe, to develop players. And if you're Stephen Gerrard and his coaching team, he would probably argue that he's done that to Scottish players. I mean... One of his young players that he's brought through And developed and gave game time In European football And Nathan Parson Is away to the Euros And he might play I, I think he may get game time um, And you look through that Ranger squad there's, there's six, you know, Scottish boys And about that, you know, McGregor 
Obviously made his decision to retire But you go from McLaughlin to Jack Wright um, You know um, Middleton I mean there's there's plenty And there obviously young Patterson So I don't think uh, As I say Stephen Gerrard would be too worried About the comments Knowing the, the core of Scottish players he's got And how successful he's been with him 01419511025 is the number you need Andy is a Rangers fan in Finiston Andy what are your thoughts? How you doing guys? I'm just listening I just wonder why he would be seeing Rangers but what we're seeing the producer is uh, I think it's really good this year for the Colt teams for the two clubs that's going to really help you know, develop them and give them a lot more experience you know, rather than just playing friendlies at least this and this could be a wee, you know, a wee stepping block for us you know, to get young because I'm all for young Scottish players Playing, but you know the big clubs—they're always going to go elsewhere. You know, for you know the best players, obviously. But I'm all for you know the young Scottish boys doing well. So, but I just think this year the Colts definitely is going to—they might see a few more, you know, a few more coming through than we've normally seen. Maybe. Well, it's interesting you bring up the Colts tonight because I think it's the Lowland League AGM tonight that's taking place. They had the sort of initial vote for the Colts teams, which passed, I think, 11 votes for, five votes against. So the motion's being put to the AGM tonight. I think we'll find out tonight the official confirmation of whether the Colts teams will be in the Lowland League. I think they, they just need a simple majority. So it should go ahead based on, on what we've seen previously. But do you go along with Andy's point that, you know, having Colt teams will help the likes of, of Celtic and Rangers, um, you know, Produce more Scottish players I, I, I'm all in favour for it I think it will go through tonight um, A couple of weeks ago When when was it? Maybe three weeks ago Four weeks ago We were on the show And we were chatting about it And I said I think it's a, a great thing For the young players Because it's, it gives them um, A real taste of what match day is um, I, I, We chatted about When I was a player And Daz was a player Coming through And it was reserve football Playing against real men um, real experienced players And how it brought us on Football changed Obviously Went down a different road With the youth development system And the games are, For instance You know uh, You know At Lennox Town At 12 o'clock On a Tuesday afternoon Against I don't know Some reserved side for England Where nobody's watching I don't think that developed Young players uh, Well enough I think they do have to sample playing against experienced players, um, finding out how to deal with the tough sides of the game. And I even think playing at three o'clock on a Saturday helps them. You know, the full build-up, what they are seeing their first-team players do and getting prepared from Monday to Friday and then playing the game on the Saturday, I think that would help the young players. And if that's the way the Colts teams are going to have to go over this next season I think it will develop them better than what they've had in previous years Andy there's been a lot of people speaking out against the, the Colts teams you know people that aren't fans of, of Celtic and Rangers generally tend to be against the idea a lot of people saying that you know it just strengthens you know the top two teams in the country and, and it'll leave everyone else behind what, what would you say to, to those opinions? Oh, well, I don't know why I mean is other clubs allowed to bring Colts teams in or you know I mean or is it just Rangers and Celtic or they can could they know but getting another bigger league or something if the other team wants to join in. Yeah, well, I mean, a at, bit at the moment, the, the the proposal is just that it will be a, a Celtic B team and a, and a Rangers B team going into the Lowland League for one season only. We don't know what's going to happen beyond that. Um, George Fraser, who is the chairman of the Lowland League, has said that um, you know they've not really planned ahead till that point. It's just a sort of one season trial at that point. But for that one season only, it will only be the the old farm clubs. Aye, aye. I just think, uh, you know, that, I mean, there's 
what we're saying. I don't know why they they done away with all this, you know, the reserve games and things like that because it's it's put us back. You know what I mean? Now this this season, I know it's my only one season, but it's definitely it's definitely going to give the boys a big experience. You know what I mean? And help them develop. Definitely. I think so I think the Lowland League When this first broke As I said Three or four weeks ago When we were chatting about it We are chatting about The standard of player That these young kids Will be coming up against And the standard In the, the Lowland League Isn't what People would think it is I mean, It's there's been much a lot of better players, When the Lowland League Was sort of cancelled Or suspended this season You actually saw a lot of players Being loaned up the way Two, yeah. three divisions I can think Partick Thistle Had a couple of players on loan Was it yeah, Stephen Airdrie Bell as well Yeah, yeah uh-huh. Paul uh, Payton went to Airdrie yeah, uh-huh. I, I mean I know Andrew when, uh, In the summer Where I was trying to sign players For breaking last summer And we were being Outbid Outfought For for players from the Lowland League teams And it was because of The ambition they had And you could see Kelty um, obviously Broda uh, And there's a number of other teams East School Bride Who, who really plough money in it So get Older experienced players Coming to the tail end of their career But still good players Who want to play at a decent level And that's what these kids Will be coming up against And I think that's How you learn your trade um, You know it's not about Pretty football Playing against guys Your same age Playing from the goalkeeper Through the defence Midfield You know A hundred passes Before you score All that nonsense Sometimes you've got to Learn the hard side of the game And when you come up Against experienced pros That's how you do it And these kids Will get the benefit of it Because a lot of people I've seen have said You know Why don't they just Loan them out to the Championship level League one level Do you think there's a benefit In having the, the full squad Together playing the way that, that the team want to play You know If you've got Four or five Six different guys Going off on loan To different clubs They're playing different styles They're maybe playing Out of position Because it's The necessity of the club They're going on loan to yeah. Do you think that's A benefit for them That it's just one team That basically They can play the same style As the first team And they can develop Through together It's a great point I think the loan system uh, Loaning it to lower league teams Does work But for a certain age Group of players I think You know You need to be Flirting with the first team Really To to go out there And strengthen your mentality And play different styles Learn different parts of the game I think when you're younger um, Yeah I think you need to stay together Playing a team Playing a system Know exactly what you're doing Feeling your comfort zone At that young age And that will get the best out of them Well thank you to Andy 01419511025 If you've got any thoughts for us tonight Brian is next up in Lark Call Brian what do you make of the, the comments From Kenny Dalglish Saying Rangers need to sign More Scottish players yeah, until I switched on your programme, I, I didn't even know that you'd actually been quoted in saying that. Uh, to be honest, now I've said this to producer, that uh, I'm not really caring whether it's Scottish or out of Mongolia, and I just you know, threw that one out. Uh, as long as they're the right standard. Uh, I'm looking at a game in this country, and really, to be honest, there isn't many players that, that, that Rangers can bring in Scots that would enhance, you know, our squad, uh, and that includes Elisa Lewis Ferguson and uh, Josh Doidge at, uh, sorry, Josh Doig at Hibs. Uh, Rangers have got a, a reserve left back, uh, Calvin Bassey, who have obviously, because of the quality, uh, Barisic hasn't played much this season. Uh, what I have seen him is. Uh, if for any reason we have to sell Barisic, which all doesn't happen, but we know how you know things work, I, I'm quite content that he will uh, come on and, and, and have the right quality 
you know, going forward. I think the squad we've got at the moment, when we're changing and bringing in players that are not playing every week, the standard doesn't drop that much, and that is a sign uh, of you know a good squad. I mean that that's a point, Mark. That you know Kenny Dalglish may say that Rangers need to sign more Scottish players, but are there Scottish players out there for Rangers to sign? Do you think they are, you know, players available for the right price that that Rangers could go out and buy? Is it is there a very small pool really of players that that would suit Rangers that are young and Scottish and, and would help progress themselves and the national team? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a million out there that. Uh, Rangers would be going out and rushing out to buy I, I do think there is good young Scottish talent out there um, Brian did mention Ferguson I, I'm a fan of Ferguson I thought he may have been on Rangers radar last year But um, you know they chose not to, to go for him um, Doig is one for me that I think Would benefit Rangers So slightly disagreeing with, with Brian there I, I've seen Bassey I think he's done okay But I think this boy Doig is, has got it in front of him I mean quoted 4 million Might be a bit over the top Or or not what you'd expect Rangers uh, To pay for him But I think he would be worth uh, Going for And the boy That I really like just now At St Johnson He's already got two cup winners Medals under his belt Is Alan McCann You know But he's a centre midfielder And if you look at Rangers And he's also squad, Northern Irish These oh, days as well, uh, well Just based course, on I, yeah, The fact course. that he sort of Switched allegiances to, well, to there as well Well that's That's a disappointing thing But he's You know he's a, a Top top player But I care as well So there are There are good You know young Scottish players Out there But like Brian said Would they strengthen Rangers team Would Ferguson get into that Rangers midfield When you get Jack back in it I don't know The one Doig Would, would probably get in there and you look at, I mean, it was today the sort of papers quoting that, that Hibs were maybe looking for about four million for Josh Doig. You look at prices for other players. Rangers have managed to do business elsewhere, whether it's you know the, these cross border fees that they managed to get for Joe Aribo. They've paid, you know, I know it was a, a few years ago now, but one million for Alfredo Morelos. We've always talked in the past about English players and the premium that sort of they have to pay down there. I know it's nowhere near on the same scale, but is it maybe going that way down here, or sorry, up here, that you know clubs can now demand more money for their players? Clubs outside of the top two can demand more money for their players, and it maybe does price the likes of Celtic and Rangers yeah. out of it because if they think, well, I can go down south and do these sort of cross-border deals, or we can go abroad and we can get players for for less money than we can. I suppose in so. Uh, so. I guess it's all about how you think or how good the the player is. Take Doyle for example. I, I mean, if he's four million pounds, I remember when Scott Brown came to Celtic for I think it was around about the same price, four million pounds. Mm-hmm. Now there was a lot of criticism at that time about him coming to Celtic that he was trying to get into a midfield that were incredibly talented at that time, and people were saying it's a lot of money to pay for a Scottish player, and look how that turned out. So. Even though this boy is getting this four million pound price tag put in his head, you know, I'd be ashamed to see him um, go down south and maybe not play uh, as much. So I think if Rain, he's the one player there. I think, I think Barisic has did well, but if he comes, he could probably push Barisic more than Bassey. Brian, I'm I'm guessing given the the seat. Oh, sorry, on you go, Brian. Yeah, it's just uh, international. You know, the Euros uh, which start a week as it up. Week no, it's two weeks. Two weeks tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, well, Scotland's uh, first I'm game not is the international. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a great international fan, but uh, I'm happy to see uh, uh, Nathan Patterson. 
you know, been brought into the squad. And see, to be honest, if Stevie Clark is as smart as he thinks he is, he has to start. He has to start in that first game. Uh, he won't, Brian. He, he won't well, start. He, I, I, I well, know if what he you're doesn't saying. start, I, but if I, he doesn't start, then you know you got to play your best players. No, I know. I know he's only played fourteen or fifteen games this season. But when he first came into the Rangers, when I first seen him, I immediately knew this is a boy that's going to go places. And I'm telling you right now, this is without doubt the next big thing. You know, coming through in this country. Well, yeah, Rangers, uh, yeah. I, I, Brian, I agree with you in terms of his talent And when he's come in, he's done brilliant It looks great I think Stephen O'Donnell is nailed on Especially for that first game I, I, I really do Steve Clark is loyal to him Stephen O'Donnell, you've got to say It's not been outstanding for Motherwell But for Scotland, he's been reliable And I think that'll be enough to make him play in that first game I do think though I do think Patterson isn't getting taken along for the numbers I do think when Steve Clark sees him in training and they do a lot of 11 v 11 shape stuff, he'll see how good he is and he will get game time. Do you think that loyalty that, that Steve Clark has to Stephen O'Donnell and the fact that he clearly likes him as a player is enough to make sure he'll definitely start? Or do you think there, there's maybe a little chance that you know they've flown away to Spain today, they go into training and Steve Clark is, is blown away by, by what he sees? Say Nathan Patterson is, is unbelievable in the training camp. Do you think he can still play his way into the starting lineup for the first game? Um... My honest opinion is no Now I know Steve Clark is loyal But he has He's left some boys at the squad You know Constein and things who have been there And he's not not taking them But I just think O'Donnell has played The majority of games I don't think he's let us down many times And even if he does have A poor training camp I still think he will be one of the first names In Steve Clark's team sheet come that first game Thank you to Brian and Lark Call 01419511025 is the number you need to get involved. We could be speaking to you after this. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Busy night on the phone, so let's get straight back to them. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. David in Govan Hill is up next. David, what have you got for us? David? Sorry, guys. How you, uh, how you doing? Hope you're all doing well. You too, David. Um, I basically, I've got two points. Uh, I'll get on to the first one quickly. Um, I think that uh, Kenny Dalglish is sitting with a bit of his Liverpool hat on there. Because um, the way I see it is like, uh, see players that are coming through Scottish origin, especially these days, um, they're all being snapped up very, very young by top clubs in other countries. Uh, you look at, like, say... Most of them, I'm not going to just say Rangers players, but like uh, the likes of Kieran Tierney, um, Aaron Hickey, Jack Hendry, Ryan Gold, you get, then you get uh, Billy Gilmore, John McGinn. Like they're all, they've all been snapped up by English clubs for a high fee. Um, when you're offered, when you're offered decent money for players at that uh, at that age that you're not putting in the first team constantly, you're going to take it. Um, you look at uh, Alan McGregor and Ryan Jack; they're two of the best Scottish players that are still going, uh, let alone in this country. Um, yeah, like um, you look at Ross, Ross McCrory as well. Um, he came up for Rangers. Um, we've got him to Aberdeen. We've got Scott Wright in return, who I think we're going to turn into a, a brilliant player for the future. Um, then you see uh, Glenn Middleton. He's he's went on loan to St. Johnson. Look what he's done there. 
I mean, David makes the point of, you know, the young talent being snapped up. He mentions people like Billy Gilmore, I can think of. There's Liam Morrison, Barry Hepburn, two young Celtic players who are away playing at Bayern Munich yeah. now. Is that part of the problem as well that, you know, these big European clubs, they have these huge scouting networks. Obviously, the likes of Celtic and Rangers can't compete financially with them. So when there is young talent coming through or there's young talent at other clubs and quite often they're, they're choosing to go down south or, yeah. or abroad. Especially the top ones. The top ones who at academy level you could see are miles ahead. Um, Rangers and Celtic will find it difficult to keep these guys. Billy Gilmore is the prime example of this. We all heard how good Billy Gilmore was since he was uh, about 10 year old, you know, coming through the academy. We've heard first team players at Rangers and years gone by say they saw this kid and he was unbelievable. And I'm pretty sure Rangers would have done everything in their power to keep him and, you know, nurture him, progress him and a, you know, an outstanding player for them and then sell him on. But look, you get a team um, from the English Premiership come in and offer him big bucks, it turns their head. So it's very difficult. For Celtic Rangers We only see um, Them up here As huge clubs And they can attract players From Motherwell And Dundee United But You've got to remember On the other side of that With Bayern Munich And your Chelsea's They did the exact same To Celtic Rangers So I mean The, the point's kind of delicious Making about You know Rangers signing Young Scottish players They'd like to see them Sign more For the Scottish national team They can only sign them If they're there You know And if they're standing out If they will improve Their team And like we said earlier, there's not many that could come in and really play a big part in that Rangers side at the minute. David, is your view just that you know if the recruitment's working and, and Rangers are doing well, why why change that? Well, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I mean. Um, we, we are bringing through talent. Uh, I'm I'm excited by the likes of uh, Kai Kennedy possibly starting the squad soon um, to see what he can do. Uh, the, the way that I see it is, um, uh, it goes into my next point as well. Um, like we we've we've barely spent uh, compared to say clubs like Man United. Um, I don't know if any. Well, I'm guessing he's watched the Europa final last night. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, like Man United, they they've been a shambles for for years now. Um, that's that's no trophies in four years now. Um, they've had big big managers, uh, massive signings, and. We about twenty percent uh, the budget that they get in a single transfer window. In the past three years, like Rangers alone have built up a squad that's really hard to talk badly against in any way. I mean, we've we've brought players in that have been good, but we've improved them, and the squad's just working so well. The amount of cheap transfers, free transfers, like say even Alan McGregor coming back for Hull on a Bosman. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't fault that. Like the, the the recruitment in Rangers has been exceptional the past couple of years. Well, it has been. I mean, the the other side of that, you're saying about Man United. Man United can do that because they're afforded to do it with the money they get. You're not going to see Man United buying, you know, a, a Glen Kamara for fifty grand because as soon as anybody hears Man United are interested, the price goes to fifty million. So. You know, that comparison's a wee bit out there. But in terms of Rangers recruitment, we've said in this show all season, all season, and even at the start of the, the season, how Rangers look strong in their recruitment. We says it then in the window in January, how they're recruiting again for next season. And they've got the right model. It works. They've stuck by it. 
and they're always looking a couple of windows ahead and they're, they're getting the rewards you, you've seen that this season Well thank you to David in Govan Hill 01419511025 is the number you need uh, I want to get your opinion on this Mark because it was something we were talking about on the show yesterday Celtic uh, releasing their, their season ticket renewals and they sort of caveated that by saying we, we wished we'd had a manager in place when when we were doing this but but we don't yet there'll be an update shortly there were some frustrated voices on the phones or on Twitter is that something you can understand? Uh, the frustration? Yeah. You mean? Uh-huh. Oh 100% I mean I was I was taken aback when I saw the, the statement that Celtic had put out um, you know a long time has passed since Neil Lennon left um, the club have had a lot of time to work in things um, when the season was wrapped up and Rangers had won it and then they had um, a few weeks to the Scottish Cup game where the focus turned to that and, and getting the best out of the squad and, and John Kennedy had a a hard job getting everything right but they went out again there was a lot of time has passed since that game to get things sorted and to to put out the statement yesterday, it, look, a part of me feels for the marketing department, uh, you know, who who have to sell season tickets and they have to put something out because we're at the end of May. You need to give people the right amount of time. But even them, they must have been saying, how, what reaction are we going to get to this statement saying we would have hoped to have had a manager by now? Well, listen, that's, it's no surprise, that is it. I mean, Celtic fans have been saying that um, for months now. And it's just remarkable that nothing's in place. Everybody's of the opinion that Eddie Howe is nailed on to get the job. But I think people more experienced than me in football tell you that nothing is certain until you see a manager stand outside with a scarf above his head and the contract signed. And that's the thing that's concerning fans just now, that why isn't this done? Why isn't it done? If you're putting out to sell season tickets, surely your big plug after this season is... Here's our new manager, whether it be Eddie Howe or not. Here's his first press conference. The manager's got, uh, you know, some job then putting his style, putting, uh, you know, his words across that's going to make Celtic fans sit up and go, that's impressive. Then that day or the next day, bang, here you go. Season ticket renewal time, here we go. To do it the way they have is... I mean it baffles me Andrew It really does Let's go back to the phones John is a Celtic fan In the East End John what have you made Of sort of developments At Celtic over the past few days Hi Andrew Hi uh, Mark um, Well Taking from what Mark just said there um, When they made the announcement I can't even remember When it was Because obviously We were letting and leaving And stuff And then they, they made the announcement Saying that They kind of penciled in That it was going to be how Right this isn't actually the point I phoned up for, but I'm just carrying on with what you said. Um, and then it came out, I think it was a statement came out, I think it was on Sky or something like that, saying that Eddie Howe stated that whatever team he does go to, it's not going to happen until the summer. Now, if it is going to be Eddie Howe, and if it is him or not, isn't he? Surely it would have made more sense from a Celtic perspective to come out and say, yes, by the way, it is going to be Eddie Howe, but by the way, he's not coming until the summer. At least then we know what's happening. You know what I mean? Instead of because, like Mark said, we're just constantly left in the dark. It's like they're just making it up as they go along. I mean, that's the thing, Mark. There's probably sorry, John. One sec. We'll take that point and we'll let you come back in. It's probably. I mean, Celtic. I don't think there's any way that they can turn around and say it's going to be Eddie Howe. But 
We can't release it now It's not really the way it works in football When there's complications There's no way they can kind of promise that At one point and say Look it's going to be him But we can't announce it for another two months Because if something goes wrong In those two months Then they're not going to look great Are they? So whatever is happening behind the scenes They clearly can't say too much about Or else Surely they would have given yeah, more answers than they've been able to give at the moment. Well, there's clearly complications, Andrew. I think we all can figure that out because if it was all smooth and Eddie Howe, yep, let's go, I'll, I'll be your new manager, this will be my, my assistant, these will be my first team coaches, this is who I want my scouting team, and Celtic went, yep, okay, well, it'll be announced. And when Celtic says, or, or the rumour was, or sorry, Eddie Howe, people said that he's not going to take a job to the summer. Well, in football terms, this is the summer. When when season finishes And remember The players start back In three or four Or whenever it is Five weeks time I think it's about 40 days Until Celtic's first pre-season friendly Exactly So this is the summer period Where things get done When you hear managers saying I'll look at things in the summer Or I'll assess a player in the summer Or we'll think about You know Doing something so This is the months they're talking about They're not talking about July and August Because you're into work then That's where Your big games are Your Champions League qualifiers and the league comes in very, very quickly. So this is the summer. So when it's not announced now, and Celtic season was dead and buried a good while ago, then what are the complications? What are what is the fact uh, the defining factors that are holding things up? It, it puzzles me. There could be the the other side of things that potentially it is done behind the scenes, and for whatever reason they can't announce it now. And if that is the case, then then maybe. You've oh, got a manager listen, in place they, they, that's Eddie Howe that's already was, making you know phone calls and trying to get things done. If it was certain that he was coming, I am certain that they would have put out before they put out that statement about season tickets. They would not have put out. We would have hoped that we would have a new manager by now. But please give us five hundred pounds of your money and a gamble that who knows who's coming in. John, what was your other point you were looking to make? My other point was actually what I phoned up for, uh, and I was. You know, speaking to Callum, the producer earlier. Now, again, this could well be just paper talk, and we know they're like to try and sell papers and stuff. But I seen the other day that Celtic are potentially might let Turnbull go. Right, Aston Villa, I think, were quoted as some sort of deal that may be on the cards or something. I would like to think personally, from a Celtic fan, and even I'd like to think Mark would back me on this. I would like to think whoever is coming in, whether it's Eddie Howe or whoever, they're going to build their team around Turnbull. No sell him. Do you know what I mean? Because out of the team, out of the players that are leaving, he's like one of our prize assets right now. Young player of the year, everything else that goes with it. So why would they potentially sell him if it is true? I remember reading this story, Mark, and I think it was that Aston Villa, the report was that they were preparing a £7 million bid, I think the figure was. So I don't think it was necessarily that Celtic were looking to sell the player, but it was more that there was interest in him. But do you go along with John yeah. in saying that you know David Turnbull is a player that Celtic absolutely have to keep? Oh, 100% agree with him. I think he's been terrific since he's came to the club. Um, like if Celtic had to sell him the summer for a fee of £7 million, I think that would be... Uh, an insult too far to the Celtic supporters who, you know, championed for him to get into the side. Remember, there was there was a, a lot of question marks, you know, aimed at Neil Lennon. Why is he not playing this boy? You know, he's sitting on the bench and this is the guy that can unlock things. And when he came in, he was terrific. You know, he won Young Player of the Year. 
Um, so I think the future bodes well for David Turnbull. Um, and if you get the right individuals around him, he could be, you know, the ace in the park for Celtic. He's shown that he can deal with the pressure of playing in that position. It's not just the pressure of playing for Celtic, but when you play in that position that he's occupying just now, a kind of number 10 role behind the striker, you've got to have, you know, ultimate confidence in your ability and you've got to have confidence to take the ball, no real fear, fear factor. And he's done that It's a big season for him next year But Celtic had to sell him I think Celtic fans would be in uproar And when you look at the rebuild job that Celtic need to do There's guys leaving out of contract The likes of Scott Brown There's people like El Yunusi, John Joe Kenny Diego Lacks out leaving You've got guys running down their contracts Alton Edward into the final year Christopher Ayer as well Uh, Ryan Christie I think is into the final six months of his contract Guys that Celtic might be forced into selling this summer When you've got the guys like David Turnbull Tied down to long term contracts These are the guys that Celtic absolutely have to keep this summer And and build a squad around You've got to You're right Andrew The the point you make With with other guys who have run their contract down Or it's been You know the deal has been poorly done In terms of Ryan Christie can leave in January Um, David Turnbull Tied down for a, a long time He's a guy who You're wanting to get the best out of this season He You know you've seen glimpses here He's been the one shining light really For Celtic this year So you wouldn't want to get rid of that You want to build in that And I'm sure any new manager When he comes in Eventually <laughs> If we get a new manager um, Will want to You know Build round him And try and get even more Out of him Than they did last year 01419511025 is the number you need. Thank you to John in the East End. We could be hearing from you after the adverts. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. A busy one on the phones tonight. Plenty to talk about, so make sure you get involved on 01419511025. 1025 I was just thinking there about the the Europa League final last night we were watching it obviously uh, a big win for Villarreal disappointment for Man United but the one thing that from a Scottish perspective that I'm sure we all enjoyed was was Scott McTominay's performance looked excellent last night Uh, what a player he is I mean what I find um, uh, was it Alex McLeish did he bring him into the squad um, took a bit of persuading and you know he's turned it to be one of our top performers. He plays in, you know, he plays at centre back. He plays in midfield. I've always been a fan since he came through. Heard people, you know, question him, say, "Oh, he shouldn't play for Man United, or he shouldn't play for Scotland." And you think, if you get to that level where you're holding down a place at the centre of the Man United midfield, you are a good player, regardless. Uh, you know, if you make a few mistakes, you are a top player. But I think just. Season after season He's getting better and better And that, that showed a, a major final um, Outstanding So It was quite interesting to hear Steve Clark last week Saying that he's going to be A central midfielder mm-hmm. For us Doesn't he Doesn't sound like he's even in Steve Clark's mind To play centre back And Why shouldn't he You know Especially if you've got Jack out injured And Kenny McLean's not there well, McTominay, I think, is the, the right option to play right at the centre of our midfield. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if Steve Clark maybe had any doubts about whether he was going to play him in midfield or in defence, maybe last night kind of put an end to that. Just, you know, in a European final, such a big stage and at times, you know, looked, looked head and shoulders over the rest of the Man United players. Yeah, oh well, he was. Uh, and he has been in the big games so far this season. I, I mean, he only played at centre-back for us because... 
Really, he, he was better than the centre backs we we had. If that made sense, I know we had a few injuries, but it was the best option to get us playing out for the back. Somebody that's composed, he's got good height, good physicality. But there's no doubt in my mind he's better in the centre of the pitch. And you think um, other players that we've got in that area that you can put round about him? We've got a strong, strong midfield. I think that can actually compete with the best teams. It's just. Um, the positions round about them, you know, at the back and up front if they've got enough to score goals and at the back to keep clean sheets. But in the midfield, you'd fancy it's against anybody. Yeah, I was going to say it'll be interesting to see who starts in that sort of right centre-back spot, what we've got, what, next Wednesday and then the following Sunday, friendlies against the Netherlands and Luxembourg to to see who sort of fills that spot will give us a bit of a an idea probably of what Steve Clark's thinking is. Yeah, well, I heard them last week, um, speaking at the weekend, of these games were going to be you know his first team against the Netherlands and, and what he'll start that first game against Czech Republic um, and the Luxembourg game might be experiment. he didn't really confirm either or he says he would look at the training camp so it will be interesting to see what what he'll go for usually these friendly games with, with Scotland I switch off but these ones hold you know a bit of interest because it will give us a wee insight of what he's thinking Willie is next up on the phone in Easterhouse Willie what are you thinking tonight? Hello Andrew uh, Just listen to what we talk about Nathan Patterson I hope Nathan Patterson Doesn't come to the same kind of level as Andy Robertson Andy Robertson plays for Liverpool Plays quite well Same with Nathan Patterson Rangers good players Going about them Maybe sort of not so good players You know what I mean Playing for Scotland They might not sort of shine as much As they did as this for Rangers Considering the players they're playing with You know I mean it's it's a big shout Mark Because you look at Rangers have obviously done Brilliantly this season but you look at the, the Liverpool team, it's people like Mohamed Salah, it's people like Sadio Mane, it's people like Thiago, guys who are in the sort of top echelon of, of footballers, really. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, Rangers have obviously been brilliant this season, but I don't think you can really be comparing, you know, the, the players that Nathan Patterson is playing with at Rangers to the ones that Andy Robertson <laughs> is playing with at, at Liverpool. No. Ever the optimist, Willie. I like, I like that. Um, look, at Patterson, you can clearly see He's an outstanding player And I don't think um, Yeah I don't think the Rangers The, the team at Rangers Is that big a jump Like you're, you're saying there About Andy Robertson Or, or he's coming down a level um, I, I don't think that at all Scotland We've just chatted about McTominay there But you look at the other players That will be on that Scotland side Surrounding Patterson If he gets any game time Top top players um, I, I think the boy Will do well I, And I keep going back to it I don't think he's just getting taken there for the numbers. I think once Steve Clark has a look at him in training, he'll put up a fight against uh, Stephen O'Donnell for that place. He's favourite, but I, I think he'll push him all the way. Well, could you not see him thriving? You know, play, playing alongside guys like Scott McTominay, who's at, at Man United, Andy Robertson at Liverpool, John McGinn, who's had another fantastic season in the Premier League. Oh, I don't think that. There's not so many of them. <laughs> well, it's a Liverpool full team. There's a lot of good players. You can actually say the same about Scotland. All real good players. They might be Scottish, but they might not be actually the best. That's how they've not got to tournaments in the past. Ah, oh, we're, we're well, there, we, we made it to a tournament now, yeah. so that's, that's surely on. a positive, Willie. <laughs> we, we've made it to a tournament now, so surely that's the positive. We should be looking forward and, instead of looking back. Oh, well. I think Robertson, you know, uh, Developer for Scotland His first few games He went Oh who's a, who's a This is a different guy Hope Nathan Patterson Doesn't do the same You know Play a couple of games Oh he's no fight to add Just let him disappear again You know Stick, stick with the old 
Like O'Donnell rather than Patterson, you know? No, no, listen, there's got to be a chance for youth to progress. And I think the, the Nathan Patterson story and the Billy Gilmore story is is a positive one. Even Nisbet, you look at him, you know, coming through the ranks and being allowed to go away with a squad. And as I say, it's not just to, to carry the hampers. Remember, it was at France 98, they used to take boys away to carry the hampers <laughs> in and things like that and to get tournament experience that way that they're in about the squad You'd and see the stadiums. you did that friendlies, didn't you? Uh, listen, I, I carried plenty of hampers in my time, trust me. But this Scotland squad isn't designed like that. These players are going to be part of the squad and actually push your players in front of them for a place. And I think Patterson... Is more than capable of doing that I mean when you talk about standards of players Kieran Tierney hasn't done too badly for Scotland When he's been playing for us recently It's not as if You know as Willie's saying Anyone's been dragged down by by the standard he's, he's coming I, into Listen I, I think the group of players we've got We, we should be optimistic about I, I know things have not went our way for a long long time There's been a lot of glorious failures But we, we got over that in, in November When we qualified We got over that hurdle and the players we've got, I think we should be proud of not only how they're representing us um, for Scotland, but even when you see them playing in the top league, they're standouts. Well, thank you to Willie. Make sure to give us a call again sometime soon. I'll get into this because I mentioned it earlier on the show. St Johnson chairman Steve Brown's warning Ali McCann won't be sold on the cheap. He's in demand after an impressive season and he says that he won't be sold for less than a record fee. There's been a huge amount of interest um, for Ali. He's been consistent for the last two seasons. Um, He's going away to Northern Ireland in international duty. He's, he's played against Italy there in the last international. He's he's a class act, and uh, you know our transfer record's 1.75 million, and Ali will not be leaving for anything less than that. That shows the ambition of the club that you have these high targets and high demands. If if players are going to leave, yeah, I mean obviously we don't want players to leave in a successful team. Um, I mean, selling them is one thing, replacing them is a huge challenge to try to get the same calibre of player back in. Is that what you like to see? Do you like to see you know clubs in Scotland being able to demand what they feel they want instead of being forced into sell their, selling their best young yeah, talent? that's the way it should be. I mean, for so long we've undervalued our talent in Scotland and I think it's only recently, it just goes back to the point I was making there, when you see Kieran Tierney, when you see John McGinn go down south, Andy Robertson go down south, and how they stand out against top players. Well, you know, Alan McCann, what experience he's got for, I think he's, is he 21 just now? Mm-hmm. He's got international experience. He's got a couple of cup winners medals. He's almost played about 100 games or just over 100 games. Incredible. So St. Johnson are well within their right to demand top money for him. And if that's 2 million quid, I think that's round about what they should get or maybe even a wee bit more because he's an outstanding player and I thought he was brilliant on Saturday wee bit of an unsung hero on Saturday but went about his business well and uh, another cup winner's medal in his pocket Do you think that could be a sort of theme for this summer really because at the start of the pandemic people were talking about how you know teams might struggle to you know, financially, and even even the teams in the top division in Scotland might struggle financially. But you look at Hibs rejecting offers for Nisbet and, and Porteous in January. They want you know top dollar for Josh Doy. Teams aren't just going to roll over. No, and so it should be. They have lost a lot of money through no fault of their own, but they still had to develop these players. Even Hibs had to take a gamble in Nisbet. It's paid off. Doy, they had to bring him in. They had to develop him, um, and they'll be right. To ask for top door And that's the way Scottish football is You know they, they put the effort in 
And they will get it back In transfer fees It will be a big summer For some of your young Scottish players There will be suitors from England Coming and offering all sorts And then, you know It's the right thing for these clubs Especially St Johnson Who don't often get these players Coming around too often So good on them It's been some season And Ali McCann maybe offer a couple of million pounds at the end of the transfer window. Who knows? Well, thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight. Thank you to Mark Wilson in the studio as well. I'll be back tomorrow night and I'll be joined by Alex Ray. So make sure to join us for that one. Stick around. Johnny Campbell's up next. 